This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Dogish Podcast, the uh, podcast dedicated to dog parents and the topics, events, and personalities affecting their lives. My name is Sylvia West, dog mom and pet expert at Dog Up in This Bitch. And with me, as always, is my beautiful, gorgeous co-host, Jason Arias of Forever USA Photography Experience. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. Maybe I, with that kind of intro, maybe I should do uh, the podcast from the cars all the time. I'm just saying, like, this backdrop is working for your complexion, and vacation looks good on you, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's wraparound lighting. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and thank you for taking time out of your uh, your mini getaway to be on the show today. We have uh, Lindsay Wolko from the Center for Pet Safety with us. And I think this was one of the episodes where, like, Jason, your face was literally, like, mind blown the whole time. This was a whole new world that... Um... I really didn't have that much exposure to like I knew I knew pet harnesses existed, obviously, and and you had to make the decision on whether you were going to use one or not use one. But the eye opening experience that I had on this was 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 pretty depthful. Yeah. So we're excited to get into it. And as uh, Lindsay says at the end of our show, when you know better, you do better. So let's learn some let's learn about pet safety. Let's get into it. Good morning, everybody. Lindsay. I am literally the most excited dog nerd in the world to have a representative from the Center for Pet Safety on the podcast this morning. Um, I have so many questions and I just I, uh, I I just I'm really excited to educate our listeners with everything that you guys are doing over there at the Center for Pet Safety. Um, Jason, this is a whole new world for Jason. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when Sylvia was telling me about this, I, I was, uh, I, I could hear her excitement, and at the same time, I, I had questions, but like she was just amped up over this. So I can't wait to learn about this too. This is like one of the wild and wonderful like little trails that I get to lead Jason down as a dog dad. That he's like, never in my X years of dog ownership would I have ever thought of this. So, um. Lindsay, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about what the Center for Pet Safety is and uh, what you guys have done. And I think you said you've got some exciting stuff that you're pivoting towards now. So just kind of like let our listeners know what it is you do. Well, Center for Pet Safety was founded back, well, about 2011, I think, based on an incident I had with my dog Maggie in 2004. So it took a while for it to come to fruition. Um, but I had purchased when Maggie came to live with me, I had purchased a new harness from our local big box retail store. Cause she was walking all over the car and I found myself paying more attention to her than what was in front of me. Okay. So I bought a harness. I put her in the harness. A few months later, I had to slam on the brakes to avoid a crash. And Maggie sailed headfirst into the back of the front seat and she was not killed. She was injured, 
Um, she fully recovered eventually, but it really made me sit back and go, well, you know, this product was marketed to me to say it would protect my dog and it would protect me if we had a crash. So is this really true or is this just marketing spin? Okay. So um, can I back up for a sec? Cause I want to make sure that I understand all of this. And mm -hmm. um, so one, so you started this, the, the center for pet safety just in 2004. So this is kind of your, your brainchild and, and where you've grown it from. 2011. Okay. And then, so you had bought a harness for Maggie and what kind of dog is Maggie? Maggie was an English Cocker Spaniel. Okay. So, um, so a small medium dog, is that right? Medium size. Yeah. 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 And she was in the back seat and she was, she was wearing the harness and not, like this is supposed to be like a, you just had to step on the brakes really quickly. And even, even though she was wearing the, the safety harness and all of that, she was still injured when she hit the back of the front seat. Yes. Okay. Right we on. were not in a crash. Right. Um, but it's one of those, you know, sudden you have to slam on the brake mm -hmm. moments when you're in the okay. we all experience. I'm in LA. So like every day of my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's really kind of where we are um, or how we started. Um, I do, I, I have to, uh, I have some new puppies in the other room, so I apologize if they make a lot of noise. Oh, we always hear dogs barking. <laughs> it wouldn't be a dogish podcast if there wasn't a dog barking in the background. Oh, but they, they play. It's been so much fun. But for CPS, um, getting back to that, um, we did a pilot study. I arranged to do a pilot study in 2010, 2011, kind of spanned over a period of time as we were trying to figure out what to do. And we looked at tons of harnesses. We brought in all these different harnesses from different brands, um, looked at all the marketing that was behind them. Um, some of them claimed they were crash tested. Some of them just made claims of safety. We didn't know. So we picked the ones, you know, I have a group of engineers we work with um, and we picked the ones we thought would be the best, you know, give the best protection, not only to the pet, but also to me, the driver or kids or family members in the car. Yeah, I have to say, um, this is something that, like, not to interrupt you, but nope. I have to talk to my clients all the time about because I'm like, buckling your dog into your car, it's it's not only about your dog. You know, if we're talking about Maggie and she's a medium-sized dog, that's 30 pounds of body weight just kind of, like, hanging out in your back seat. Mm -hmm. That's dangerous for anybody. Right. Yeah, it's like putting a bowling ball in the back of your car and having it fly forward. I mean, it really is that powerful. Um, but we don't want to scare pet owners. We want to give them solutions. Um, so that's where the studies have come in. Um, we did the pilot study that illuminated a huge issue with the industry, mm. uh, the pet products industry. They rely heavily on marketing spin. They can tell you anything they want to without any scrutiny. It is unfortunately a very highly unregulated industry. Um, so that's one of the reasons we felt it was important to start an organization like ours. We work on your behalf as a pet owner. Uh, we want to ensure the safety of products, not just for the vehicle, but um, you know, dog toys and foods and all sorts of other things that we get reports about always. Um, but the dog, the dog travel side of things is critically important to protect you and your family members as well as your pet. I think that's a perfect place to take a quick break. Uh, more on this when we get back.
So you you kind of closed right there with a, uh, a statement. So you don't, it's not, this isn't, when you say Center for Pet Safety, this isn't just, we're not just talking seatbelts at this point. You mentioned like food and toys. So anything that could have a positive or negative health impact on our, on our fur kids, you guys are researching that stuff? So we have uh, an intake program where we request pet owners who have had pets injured or killed by products to report it to us. So we'll take that information in. Based on those reports, we can target what areas need to be focused on immediately. Um, so we have many, sec- many areas that we need to target. Um, I think the number one uh, focus area outside of our travel work, because we're the only ones really doing that space right now, um, are pet toys. We have ha- been inundated over the past six months um, with reports of pet toys. So that's going to be one of our focus areas this year. Wow. And like, just to be clear for our listeners to, you know, cause many of them probably are not informed of the center for pet safety. I know when I talk about it with my clients, they're like the what I'm like, yeah, they, you know, one, one of the things when we're talking about just for our listeners, vehicle safety, Lindsay's organization is actually doing like crash tests four dogs like you can find these videos online where they put a dummy dog in the backseat of a car in a you know so-called crash tested or vehicle safety equipment and they test this equipment they literally put it to the test and actually crash test it for you to see if it's legitimately doing what it says it does is that kind of does that describe it pretty well Lindsay? Yeah, so we developed, we worked with a NASA engineer. He volunteered some time with us because we started with a test dog when we first did the pilot study and we knew we needed something that was going to be more crash resistant. So we worked with a NASA engineer. We redeveloped our dog. We've got our V2 version. We're working with biomechanical engineers at the university level now, working to improve our test dogs um, and get our V3 version going. Um, But we have the dogs that simulate your actual dog. They're the properly weighted. Um, we put fur jackets on them so pet owners can relate to it. Like this is, this could be my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, then we do the same type of testing that they do for child safety seats. Um, so we use their same crash conditions. We evaluate the products differently, obviously, because these are not child safety seats, um, but we do grade their performance. So it's an apples to apples comparison for pet owners. We do harnesses, crates, carriers. Um, We're announcing a new booster seat uh, protocol here soon. Um, Again, we've got lots of things in play in the background that uh, we will bring to light here in the near future. Um, But that's exactly what we do is we have to scientifically test the products um, to ensure that they are safe. And then we follow up again with the manufacturers after they're certified and we make sure that the products maintain, you know, the brands are maintaining their quality control and that the product will continue to perform. So what kind of crashes are we talking about? Like, like the full, like the ones where you see, like they literally are just crashing into a wall and there's slow motion cameras, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, we use uh, MGA research. Um, they are an uh, independent third party. They're one of the few independent third party labs out there. Um, we have our test dogs housed at the lab here in Virginia. And the, um, we put them on the sleds that they use for the child safety seats. So they'll strap like they do for NHTSA or Department of Transportation. If you've ever seen those crash tests, that's exactly the type of work we do. 
Gotcha. Okay, so these are so, like on the sled. So those are the ones that run on the track, and then mm-hmm. this is all like this is like really high tech stuff. Like this isn't just hey, we had a YouTube channel and got some old cars and went in our backyard and ran into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need we need our organization to um, you know the the work we do is highly legitimate and ethical, and you know it's it's been crazy um, how. Uh, pet owners have perceived it once they understand our mission. Um, so we're very, very hopeful that we can reach more people um, so, and we can do that through programs like yours. Okay. So, so jumping just straight to the big question, I'm assuming that you guys have a website that we can go and like review every product that we've ever thought about buying, or is it like a, like certain companies, like as, as far as like uh, harnesses at this point and stuff like that? Like, so you can, so we have a, we, we did studies, a Subaru of America sponsored our work back in 2013 and 15, um, where we did studies to collect data to start the first safety protocols okay. for the products. Right. So centerforpetsafety.org is where pet owners would go so they can look at the products that are currently available on the market um, that we have tested. And then they want to actually see and like actually see if they're crash tested, because sometimes, you know, and this is true. And I've done this myself because I'm very well of CPS and I buy products off the off the approved list because I've seen the crash tests and I know what it looks like when a product catastrophically fails, which is how CPS um, puts it as like catastrophic failure. That's Mm -hmm. a horrible phrase. Like if you think about your dog, like I think about it like because look, here on the Doggish Podcast, we always talk about dog moms and dog dads being legitimate parents, you know, and like we're really looking at our pets as children. My my dogs are my kids. And so if I was thinking about buying a child safety seat for my kiddo, like an actual human baby, I would make damn sure that that thing was current, up to date. Like I wouldn't be using my one from my parents, one from the 80s because we would never think of doing it. It's a nightmare. So if I think of putting my dog in a harness that has catastrophically failed a crash tested, um, I think your guys' crash tests are usually at like 35 miles per hour. About 30 miles an hour. Yes. Okay. It doesn't sound like much, but it's more. I, I drive faster than that on the highway every single day with my dogs in the car. So if this harness can't even make a 35 mile per hour accident without catastrophic failure, how do I put my animal in that? comfortably how you know i can't anymore so i personally always check cps to see the validity of any product because you can go on amazon today and you can type in crash you know crash tested seatbelt harness for my dog and find hundreds of products and maybe five of those are actually on the cps website as certified and crash and actually crash tested so yeah the the unregulation of marketing is just nuts to me yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it, like you were saying, if you were a, a, a parent and you went to buy a child seat for your kid, those products have oversight. They're federally regulated. They have to meet specific things or meet specific um, performance requirements. Pet products don't. They can market anything they want to and tell you it's the safest and um, they don't have to prove it to you. You just, they want your money. It's really good. just take their word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So- you mentioned something earlier, and I just want to kind of re-highlight it for our listeners out there who aren't total dog nerds. And I'm looking at Jason's face right now, and he's like, <laughs> so when we talk about a 30-mile-per-hour accident, you said something 
that really struck with me because I didn't realize it. But can you just explain to me how powerful that is? Like how how many talk to the people about the pounds pressure, et cetera, like let them know what that's about. Well, to put it in generalized terms, you know, the engineers, because I'm not an engineer myself, right? So I, we engage consulting engineers. We've worked with them for 10 years as of this year. Um, I'm like, how can we explain the force of this to the pet owner so they understand how violent a test this is? Because 30 miles an hour doesn't sound like much. But if you were driving 30 miles an hour into a brick wall and that wall does not move, right? So you get that force and it goes back into the vehicle. There's a problem. I mean, that's, that's a huge explosive test. Um, so it is far more rigorous um, than, you know, the, the industry's happy to market that they're crash tested to these, these things or to these rates. Um, but, you know, we've heard from a lot of them, can you reduce the speed? Can you reduce the force? It's like, no, this is what you're marketing to. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever hit your shin into a coffee table? That's like a half mile an hour. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts though, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So true. I think we get used to driving at these like high rates of speed that we don't really understand how fast that is going. But I mean, just think of like, it's the same forces. If you do just, you hit your shin on something or you bump into a door or like, and you're just barely moving at that. And then I remember, um, I may or may not have been in a uh, in a driving course from speeding at one point in my driving career, <laughs> but I was told neither I remember, confirm nor deny. Yeah, the um, I, I think the the little factoid is is that most of our accidents that we have happen within three miles of our home. Three to five, uh, I think it's which, five, but yeah. Like if you think about that, you're not you're not driving on the freeway during those three miles, most of the time it's in your, your neighborhoods when you're feeling overly comfortable and you've got this and you know, the roads by the back of your hand. And then there just ends up being that car that drove before they were supposed to, or that you missed it or whatever it is. So <clears throat> 30 miles an hour seems pretty legitimate to me. Yeah. That's what the feds do. So, you know, we're, we're following their lead. So that's what uh, car, like regular, like child car seats are tested at as well. Department of Transportation, yeah. And so they, are, I think they're upping the speed now for the force. Um, but for where we are with the pet industry, it's attainable. It's a good place to start. And then we'll tighten this as we learn more and as we get better performance from the brand. Um, it's it is just very very challenging to get uh, the participation levels we want. So what yeah, are products? Brand- so wait, you hold know. on, really quickly. So you're telling me like products are like. No, we don't want to actually be tested. We want to say we're tested, but don't actually test us. That's exactly what I say. Yes. Super yep. Cool. It is very, very challenging wow. um, to get, uh, you know, they're, they're scared that they're going to fail our testing. And because they haven't done the due diligence, they like to use their marketing claims. Wow. Okay. That's, we're going to take a quick break. Jason, we're going to come back with your question. No, so you were um, actually leading into the question, the same question I had, Sylvia, was the company's got to have kind of a love-hate relationship with you. Yeah. Um, We do a lot of knowledge sharing with brands that are interested in improving their products. There are many, uh, many of them that have just turned tail and run the other direction. Um, And and we know 
the brands. I've met with most of the leadership of every brand out there, um, international brands, you know, including those. So, um, yeah, some of them who are willing to do the due diligence and put their money where their mouth is, um, they end up succeeding. Um, and we are, we have been inundated over the last six months, um, with testing of pet products, um, usually smaller boutique style brands Mm -hmm. instead of the big, the big ones that are owned by large corporations. But yeah, those corporations (laughs) (laughs) and businesses get like a, like an overall business. Like, I guess if I was in the toy business or the harness business, um, I know you rate individual items, but as a, as a business, I would also like to be like, okay, our average rating here is, is this. So maybe not all of our toys are, you know, five stars or whatever it is, but at least it's a reputable company. Like that would seem to me like a great place to start with marketing for safety. Do you guys have anything like that? Um, we don't at this time. It doesn't mean that we won't at some point in the future. Uh, we do need to expand our standards for a, a breadth of product classes. Mm-hmm. So like I said, we're going to look at, we've got the, the, the travel products taken care of. We need to look at pet toys. We need to look at collars, leashes, walking harnesses. Um, there are just so many classes that we just need to touch on and go, you know, finalize their work um, and publish a standard that we can work to. I'm like not to beat a dead horse, but when we're talking about vehicle safety, do you know, because it's not federally regulated, obviously, but do you, can you tell us how many states even have actual restraint laws? Like there's not, there are no restraint laws in California. There's nothing that says I even have to have my animal buckled in in a car, which is mind-blowing to me because i'm like a it's a distraction (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the furthest that california goes is they say your dog can't be on your lap but that doesn't mean that my dog can't be in the seat next to me bouncing around my back seat me being like no stop it like there's no regulation here in this state that says your dog needs to be secured in your vehicle while it's in motion do you know how many states do have regulation like that we have heard many states you know propose legislation. Um, uh, but largely the distracted driving laws of each jurisdiction apply. So if your pet is distracting you, or if, you know, an officer sees that your pet's climbing all over you, um, while you're driving, you can be pulled over and ticketed under the distracted driving laws. So whether your state has, or doesn't have a law for pets, you know, pet specific, you can be ticketed one way or the other. Wow. Yeah. So what kind of product, like, is there anything in particular um, without having to necessarily call out names of a s- specific company? Is there a product line that you've seen? Like most of the time we feel that these are safe, but across the board, this is just a product that we shouldn't be buying for our dogs. There is one brand that comes to mind, which I won't mention, but we have done test upon test upon test, various products that they market. Um, and they consistently fail testing, even though they are promoting that they are crash tested. Mm. And how and, much, so let's see, how could our listeners figure out who that is? You go to the Center for Pet Safety and you watch the videos and you watch the product <laughs> catastrophically fail. They just explode. Like you'll, well, it's crazy. Talking, you watch the harness, like just multiple products, right? So we're not just talking like, okay. hey, there was this one product. And the question that I was actually asking is like, hey, all of these, so I'm not going to say 
harnesses like harnesses are designed for safety but maybe it's like all of this kind of ball there's nine different companies that make this type of toy or this type of harness and generally speaking it's not a good harness you should look at a different product type somewhere else does that make sense it does so we we know from if we're talking harnesses we'll just to stick with that topic um from a harness perspective we know what pet owners should look for okay. um whether or not it's been crash tested um just to help prevent distraction you don't want long extension tethers you know you want a you want something that's going to fully restrain the dog um and that's one of the reasons you know we we started our cps certified list uh in 2014 so that we could uh, provide pet owners uh, the evidence and the names of brands that have passed the testing. Because it's, it's not that difficult when in the grand scheme of things, but these are very challenging tests for an industry that's never tested their products in the, in the past. So we look to the CPS certified list, and that's where we point our pet owners to say, look, these products have passed testing, and we will be expanding that list in the near future. So just keep an eye on it. And, you know, if you don't like one of the brands that's up there, there'll be options coming soon. Gotcha. Okay. So when you said the, um, the ones that typically don't do, they're the, it sounded like the ones that have like a long tether that really are designed to keep uh, your animal from ejecting out of the car, but it's not going to help it in the car. Is that right? It, the tethers prevent the dog from climbing on your lap as the driver. It will not necessarily prevent the dog from ejecting from the vehicle. Gotcha. And so the fully restrained ones, those are the ones that are going to be. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> Just hear you say that. It will not prevent your dog from ejecting from a vehicle. <laughs> Sorry. It's like crazy wording. Go ahead, Jason. Continue. No, no, no. It's good. So then you're the, the ones that are more suggested would be they keep them tighter to the seat. And so, I mean. Yes. Um, you know, if you think about when we wear a seatbelt, you know, we're strapped in, we can't move anywhere. Right. So the seatbelts that are worthy of attention are those that follow that same principle. So your dog can sit up, can lay down comfortably, but it can't move side to side. You know, you don't want your dog sticking its head out the window. Um, you know, you don't want the dog pacing across the back seat and pet owners have been largely conditioned to, want to keep their dogs free and easy in the car thinking they're more comfortable, mm -hmm. but they don't understand the dangers of allowing that type of behavior. See, so much of this is hard for me to like, and when I would, I even told still Sylvia about this when we knew you were coming on, because there were certain things that I don't want to say that I'm looking for a loophole to keep my, <clears throat> to increase the chance some, that something that could happen to, to one of my dogs. But at the same time, um, I mean, I'm starting to sound old, but like being raised in the seventies, the dogs rode in the back of the truck all the time. I mean, the kids rode in the back of the truck all the time. And, and now like I'm trying to envision a 80 pound lab or 130 pound uh, great Dane or whatever it is, how that logistically works. And in my brain, it, it's almost sounds like we're trying to say either you have a dog that can be restrained and is comfortable with that, or you can't travel with your dog. And maybe that's, maybe that's okay. I'm again, I'm just trying to, to work that through in my head. Well, if I can, Liz, yeah. can I field this one as a behavior trainer? 
there's, you can train your dog to do anything. I've trained many dogs to sit comfortably and crash tested harnesses in the back seat and they get used to being restrained. And to your point, like, yeah, we used to sit, I used to ride in the back of my mom's truck, not in the eighties and the nineties, you know, there are laws that say you can't do that. That doesn't mean that you can make the human choice to put yourself in that position and, or to choose to put your children in that position. But at the end of the day, your dog doesn't have the choice to say, hey, excuse me, I would like to not be in the back of this pickup truck because it scares me and I'm going to jump out. And if you have me tethered on one side, I'm going to strangle myself, which happens all the time. And or you have dogs on the side of the highway that are dead because they leapt out of the back of the truck. That's a law now in California. Your dogs can't ride in the back of a truck untethered and right. they have to be tethered on both sides. I'm not saying but I'm just saying like, sure. We should just have. No, no, no. I guess I agree. But I but to your point is absolutely there's that. And that's the point that I think that Lindsay and I are really getting is like there is no regulation. There's nothing that says you have to do this for your animal. But for the safety of you and your family, an 80 pound lab in the back of your vehicle in a 30 pound accident is not 80 pounds anymore. That's like 600 to a thousand pounds of pressure flying through your vehicle. Is that safe for your kids? Is that safe for you? Like already you're in a car accident. You're in the you're in danger because you're in a vehicle accident. And now you've further endangered yourself and your family with a thousand pounds flying through your vehicle at the same time. Is that a choice you want to make? And I think that's the whole purpose of the CPS is like people don't think about this and they don't know about this. It's challenging the way that we think about we didn't in the fifties, dude, your parent went like this across your lap because cars didn't have seatbelts. And then we were like, wait a second, that's not right. We should buckle everybody up. And then we were like, wait a second, that's not enough. We need airbags. Wait a second. That's not enough. We need side airbags. Like we keep improving safety for humans and we're not improving safety for animals. And I think that's where I get really passionate. Sounds like CPS is exactly. You know, we've, we've received, so to your, to your question earlier, um, Jason, it's when you know better, you do better. Mm. And that's one of our, you know, things that we tell, you know, not only the brands we work with, but also, you know, every pet owner we counsel. So now that you're educated, now you understand, right? We still get reports in and it's devastating. And I don't want to go down a dark topic here on your podcast, but you know, Unrestrained dogs. If you've got a 75 pound, 80 pound lab in the back and you are in a crash, that dog is going into the back of your seat and it will crush you against the steering wheel. We have received many unfortunate reports of human fatalities because of a projectile dog. And there is a way to prevent it. And so that's what we're trying to do is just educate pet owners to say, look, you understand the risks now. It's your choice to make, but you know, if something bad happens, at least you, you know, we, we give you options. So on that, uh, on the- we're going to take a quick break right there. <laughs> we're back. Okay. So. Furthering down, like the education line, there was, um, you slipped in a little bit that you're testing harnesses, you're testing cages, you're testing um, crates, you're testing all these things. 
So what are some other alternatives there? Because I, so I know that you mentioned like, okay, we can train and we can do this, but okay. So I, let's say we've just got done listening to this podcast and now I'm terrified to put my lab completely unrestrained in the back seat. What are some other like forward steps that we can do? Like are crates and cages going to help at all? Like I, I know that there's ways to restrain those to the back seat and that still gives your animal a little bit of room to kind of like, shift and move and, and maybe there's more animals that are more comfortable in cages like what are what are some other options i got so like i said we have the cps certified list okay. and you, we have crates carriers harnesses and we will hopefully have booster seats coming up soon um cages uh, no you don't want to use a cage in the car so we've done you know um investigative testing because a lot of people put them in and they're they're securing them with bungee type cords or elastic bands and saying, Oh, this is good. That's great. Well, we know from our work that that cage will shatter if you are in a crash. Catastrophically okay, so fail. Like those like fold up ones that they get all collapsed and you can put them away and then you unfold them and they pop out. So yeah. cages are off the list. Okay. Yep. Cages are off the list. Soft crates are off the list. Um, the ones that are uh, engineered, for success. Uh, like we've got two right now on our list. We've got the gunner kennels and we've got lucky duck. I think they've got their intermediate up there. Um, these are formidable products. If you look at those and compare them to one of those cages or a soft crate, you will immediately understand the difference in the product quality and the work and the research that went behind the product development for those. Yeah, the gunner and kennels are nuts. I just stumbled upon those on uh, on the interwebs the other day, and I was like, "Whoa!" They like strap them to the back of pickup trucks for hunting dogs. Crazy, crazy. Gunner Massive. kennels is ahead of the pack when it comes Massive to kennels. the safety. And then we do have um, a new brand and possibly another that will be added to our list coming up soon. So that'll give pet owners more choices. It's just this is an apples to apples. So a five star a five star rating is a five star rating, whether mm. regardless of the brand. Sure. But at least you as the pet owner can come to our website and say, all right, what options have passed testing? I will pick and choose from those. Um, and again, you know, with crates, with the, with the gunners and the lucky ducks, we recommend that you secure them to your vehicle with the strength rated anchor straps. Those are tested as part of this, the work that we do as part of the certification. So they are as critically important as the structural integrity of that crate. Right. So and just to like shed some light, just because a dog is being restrained in a harness doesn't mean they can't move. You know, I have my board and train. I just got him set up with a crash tested seatbelt harness and, you know, seatbelt goes through the harness just like it would across my body. He can still stand up. He can still lay down. He can sit up and look out the window. If there's something there, it's not like he's like pinned to a chair, you know, but he's, restrained. He's not going to be wandering back. There's no reason why your dog needs to walk around in your back seat. That's like a weird human thing where we're like, they need to be free. Like they're okay to be laying down for a couple of hours in the back seat. They sleep 19 hours a day. They can sleep on the car ride. Um, and I have a couple of soft carriers because my, my dogs are both under 15 pounds. So they actually need to be in an enclosed carrier mm -hmm. according to CPS research. So they're in like crash tested little soft carriers that buckle in and let the seatbelt goes through them and they're secured. And, you know, so when I get in an accident, my seatbelts will lock and they'll lock my pets into place too. 
Yeah. It's all, it's if all about the science. You. It's not marketing spin. Yeah, no, it's, um, if that helps you visualize Jason, kind of like what we're. Yeah. And I guess that's where I'm kind of been bouncing around. Cause like when, like I've got kids, so we've done the car seat thing and like, they're not allowed to move. Like they can move their, their ankles and their wrists. And that's about as that's, that's it. And so like trying to uh, federal regulation. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so trying to imagine, imagine that, I mean, this is, this has all been like super eye-opening and, and fascinating to me. I definitely want to dig more and find our solution for our dogs. What are some other companies? Like you mentioned Gunner is definitely ahead of, ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. What is, um, what are some other companies that, I mean, you can't broad statement, say everything is good, but maybe to point us in the direction that they're working really hard to do this stuff. I would say out of all of the companies that we have, you know, examined their products, right? Um, a company named Sleepy Pod is sleepy pod they are at the head of the line as far as their level of research they go to universities they do studies i mean it is amazing how far ahead they are in comparison to other brands um they're even ahead of us at this point oh wow Um, what does that mean so like they're doing they've done research on during their product development their research and development cycles that we have not done yet so I'm, I'm just sitting here going, okay, we've got to catch up now. And it all comes down to funding. That's the problem. As a nonprofit organization, we can only move as quickly as, uh, you know, what we have the funding to cover. So it will, it will take some time, but we will get there. And like when we're talking about development, like here are some major blaring things that I always notice when I'm watching CPS videos <laughs> and or researching products to send to my clients. I'm like, I'm like, here's a great product and here's their crash test. So you can actually see their crash tested because I'm I'm that dog trainer. Um, but like things that you might not think about, like when you're putting a harness on your dog with just a regular like those tether restraints, you know, it's like the reason why your regular dog walking harness is not designed for this plastic plastic housing why find on the cps the plastic clips the little buckles those things explode so like i usually it's like if i'm looking for vehicle i if i see plastic i'm like nope because i've seen plastic get destroyed yeah but things you don't even think about like stitching you know threading the way it's held together does it have sufficient threading like i have a few of the sleepy pod products their harnesses they're like first of all the straps are like this thick and they have so much stitching on them because that sucker is going to stay together. You know, it's not going to just like the threads aren't going to peel apart in a 30 mile per hour accident, which sounds so slow. But again, the amount of pressure being created, think about that. It's going to explode your plastic clips and rip apart threading. That's that's powerful. That's impact. But that's why your seatbelt, like if you ever look at a seatbelt in your vehicle, like the stitching on that sucker is crazy. Yeah. And it's, again, you know, the, the brands that are ahead of the pack, right. They've done the research and we've tested the products, um, the stitching. And, you know, like you said, the plastics are all very, very important components. You know, we don't want the plastics. We prefer strength rated, you know, metal materials or clasps. Um, but some of the brands that are ahead, they're actually, um, engaging, uh, energy mitigation techniques, Wow. into the products. What does that mean? Further protect energy the dog. Mean? Energy. So if you think about it, if you've got a regular harness, right, all of the energy that is during a crash goes into the dog. If you're, if they just got a regular harness on, well, so there's planned breakage 
designed into these more advanced products so that it actually reduces the force um, and that energy gotcha. into yeah. your dog. So it actually offers more protection. So like in car crashes, they're called crumple zones. So it's, it's areas that are designed to absorb the energy so that it doesn't get applied to the steering wheel into your chest. Agreed. Planned, planned breakage, planned failures, things of that nature. We don't see that in most of the brands that are out there, but we do see it in a very, very small assortment of companies that are working to get there. So who, anybody else besides Sleepy Paws? Pods? Sleepy, well, Pod. Sleepy, Sleepy Pod is, again, they, are, they have energy mitigation in their product. Right. It is, you know, we see it post-test and it's fascinating how they've designed this. So um, I know Zugo Pet has been working very diligently um, on their Rocketeer pack. That's not for every dog. It's, for but it's, it's the one they were on Shark Tank. They're like the dog sits out of the chair, actually. So they don't even get the impact of their they just kind of float there. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah, well, they worked. They, they had it approved by um, and that's something we required. It's like, you know, orthopedic veterinary surgeons needed to look at the product before we would even consider certifying it. It did perform well in testing, but is it safe for the dog? And we do have the proof that it is safe for the dog. That's published on our website as well. Um, what other brands? We've got, oh, you know, Carriers, again, Sleepy Pod. We've got Away, which is the first luggage company to come along. Wow. And it's a beautiful carrier. It's really lovely. Um, and we've got other brands. Like I said, we are going to be announcing a fair amount of additions here in the near future. So we're very excited we can expand on the list this year. But I haven't noticed any big names popping up. Like, it doesn't sound like going down to the local big box store, that's going to be your safest bet. That is not your safest bet. We don't recommend that. It is truly terrifying when we start looking at the products from the big corporate side. Again, you've got to realize they've got readily available. Like, that's what's scary, too. It's like, that's the thing that's in everybody's space. And it's putting your pet and potentially the members of your family in, in grave danger. Okay. Unfortunately, that is our show. Oh, no, <laughs> I know <laughs> it went so fast. I knew it would like, this is literally one of, I find this to be one of the most fascinating topics, but Lindsay, if you haven't had the pleasure of listening to one of our episodes yet, uh, we close each one of our episodes in a very, very special way. So I'm going to hand it over to Jason. This is really where he shines. So Mr. This is the best. This is where my best comes out, Sylvia. <laughs> That's. I didn't say. I said this is your your moment. Oh, this is like your. You have to do this. Okay. Are you ready? Uh huh. Lindsay, are you? What's that? Ready. She's ready. She's ready. All right. I'm, I'm. I'm. Getting focused. What kind of dog wears contact lenses? I don't know. A cockeyed spaniel. <laughs> hashtag dog dad jokes yeah special we really are Uh, lindsay thank you so much for coming on sharing your knowledge genuinely uh, thank you for putting up with my completely uneducated and backyard questions like it i think there's a lot of people that are still probably in i'm at least i hope i'm not completely alienated out of all the dog owners but this has been this has been eye-opening for me yeah if if you go to our website you go to our website you can watch all the videos you want 
Um, we are going to be launching a new website, uh, hopefully mid-year. That will be streamlined, a little bit easier for people to navigate. But um, we will still have all the test evidence up there for pet owners to look at. Perfect. Amazing. We're going to link that in the show notes. Lindsay, again, thank you so, so much for all of your time today and for educating all of our beautiful listeners. Um, Until next time, definitely next time. There's got to be next time. I want to thank everybody, especially want to thank Lindsay for coming in and really kind of changing my perception. I'm sure a lot of other people's perception on pet safety and what we can do to uh, keep not only ourselves, but our fur kids safe. And then I want to thank everybody as always for joining us on today's podcast. This one's going to be really important. Everything that we've talked about links and some products and all that kind of stuff are going to be included on the show notes over at the dogishpodcast.com. So make sure to definitely check that out and then give us a follow, give a dog up and this bitch a follow give forever usa a follow and absolutely go over and check out cps and give them a follow as well and as always if there's a topic personality that you would love to hear on our show please 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 let us know i had somebody reach out um tell us yesterday sylvia yeah. look into um a harness company believe it or not Ooh. Uh, with vets and stuff like that so we might let's out. do it yeah i'm excited also don't mind my pantomiming. This is just how I'm going to be included in the outro from now on. Like when you're talking, I'll right. just be like doing, I'll be like talking with my body. Isn't it like voguing? Like well, I don't know. Was it distracting? I feel like it was pretty distracting. I apologize. Well, I would imagine that our iTunes listeners are happy that they are not watching. YouTube. Don't watch it. Don't go. Don't go to YouTube and definitely don't hit the subscribe button. Like we are on iTunes and we are on Spotify. We are on YouTube, the website, like We're everywhere. Dogish is just. We're taking over the internet. And while this is like, this is a pre-recorded show. We're going through the experience right now that we just hit top 34 show. And uh, like, we're only 11 episodes in and we've recorded like 24 episodes. So we're, we're coming for that top five spot. I see it. <laughs> okay. Um, we couldn't do it without you guys, our listeners. So we so appreciate all of you for being here and loving us the way that we love you and chatting with you all and, and uh, sharing amazing, great information like what we just learned from Lindsay today. So until next week, until next time, we'll be right here. Bye. Okay.